You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. Welcome to a new year, a new season, a new look, a new format, same gospel. We are excited to be back, and like I said, we're doing things a little bit differently uh, this year, and I'll go into more detail in that in the episode itself. But a little precursor here, if you haven't yet listened to the episode uh, titled Appointed, it might help you throughout this episode to go back and do that. Uh, But if not, you'll still, you know, hear our discussion, and we hope you develop some questions of your own uh, that we can talk about later. So without further ado, here we go. We are back. <laughs> it's 2019 and it's the middle of February. <laughs> and we are sick. We are back. We made it. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to professional podcasting. That's like, as you just said before we started recording, it's our hallmark. We might uh, trademark <laughs> that slogan. Uh, we are back. We're happy to be back. Uh, as I, if you listen to the teaser message I, I uh, broadcasted uh, yesterday, we're doing things slightly different. Um, for this season. I don't know if you want to call it a season, hopefully on a more permanent basis. I like it. Um, switching our format a little bit, um, hopefully increasing some some interaction with you listeners and people. We like interaction. We do like interaction. We're relationship-based. That's true. So hopefully this, this formatting works uh, for us and we can get some more questions coming in, both from people who attend Real Life on a regular basis, people who might watch our live stream on Sundays, or people who are just listening to this and discovered it randomly. Welcome. Uh, so how was your hiatus, first of all? Busy. Very busy. It, the holidays have come good. and gone. It, it seems like it's all just been a blur for the last couple of months. So um, it's interesting, you know, with the church, we're getting into a new building, and so that's keeping us busy. And my wife and I celebrated our 30th anniversary, so that's uh, been a, a fun thing. Our children sent us on our first ever cruise, and entirely likely our last ever cruise. It was I didn't great, talk to you about what you ate on the cruise. Great, uh, everything. Okay. But if it was there, we ate it. Okay. <clears throat> For the most part. There was sushi. The, I don't the seafood sushi, diet. But, yeah. <laughs> that is exactly right. I, I, don't do, uh, I don't do raw things, but except for vegetables. But otherwise, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was consumed. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was it was awesome. It was a great time. We got to uh, go to Grand Cayman, and, and uh, but honestly, we could have been in Siberia. I got to be with Shelley, so everything's awesome. You know, it's like the Lego Movie. Everything is awesome. It's Valentine's Day, so you're just trying <coughs> to earn points there. I forgot about Valentine's Day. Oh well, then you're not getting any points. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's a. Uh... It's an everyday thing, man. Okay, points are back. All right. <laughs> so that's our little catch up. I have not been doing anything, anything exciting. I did not go on a cruise. I stayed in Siberia, that is Michigan. Changed a lot of diapers. I did change a lot of diapers. That's not an abbreviation for DP. <laughs> that's Diet Pepsi. That's Diet Pepsi. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm learning. I'm, with I'm our old, exciting, but I can still learn. With our exciting lives now, that's out of the way. Uh, so we're going to get started here. Uh, one thing I do want to encourage everybody to do as we're moving forward in this new format, new style of doing things, uh, we are still going to post uh, sermons on Sunday evenings. You can find those. And then either the following Monday or Tuesday, I don't think we have a day set in stone yet, but I'll let you know when we do, uh, we're going to post more of a discussion-based um, podcast between Rich and I and hopefully eventually some other people uh, or other questions coming in that dives deeper into what that message was about and then later in the week we will have a shorter podcast 
uh, kind of previewing or, or teasing what next week's sermon is about. So hopefully we'll get into a little rhythm here uh, pretty quickly. But today we are discussing what the sermon was about yesterday. So I'm going to let you kind of give us a little quick summary of that so we can really get into it. Yeah, with um, with the holidays out of the way at this point, we're back into our series in Luke, our our uh, Dear Theophilus series. We're kind of working through this, uh, this letter, this narrative that uh, Luke has written to give us a foundation for our faith so we can understand uh, and, and know with certainty what it is that we believe and, and that it is verifiable and, um, and why we believe the things that we believe about Jesus. And so as uh, we get back into this, um, you know, we jump back into Luke chapter 9 last week, which was kind of a transition, moving from the local ministry in Galilee to and Judea. Now they're, uh, they're starting to move in the direction of Jerusalem. And this week we we're in Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> and uh, our, our focus, our core reality, was that the one who appointed us will never abandon us. And so as, as Jesus sends out uh, the 72, it starts out in, in verse 1, After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And then he goes on to tell them basically not to prepare for the journey. Don't take things with you. Don't uh, don't pack up. You've got a job to do. Focus on the job, and I'll take care of your needs. And so we saw uh, a variety of, of points through that. Uh, next week, over the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll develop more of the other elements of Luke 10. But we focused in on uh, five different um, areas of trust, really. Uh, and, and, and more than trust, identification, I think, is just mm-hmm. kind of connecting with reality, to be able to see that that uh, the realities of God do connect with our everyday real life. That sounds so, like this podcast. <clears throat> it seems like it ought to be a theme for us. But as Jesus is sending them out, um, he's kind of emphasizing some things that uh, I think are really applicable for us as we work through our daily living. Um we see that our purpose comes from God. He sent them out. He chose them. He uh, assigned them this task, and he sent them out with a mission. Uh, they were on a mission from God, like the Blues Brothers, but really much more um, direct. I mean, this is Jesus saying, here's your job. Go do your job. This is what I want you to focus on. So our purpose for all of us comes from God. If he created us, if he chose us, then when he sends us, he's the one that can determine our mission. Um, it focused on the fact that our provision also comes from God. Don't don't uh, worry about taking care of your needs. You enjoy the hospitality that you find on the way. Uh, be grateful. Be thankful. Don't look for upgrades. Just go and and um, appreciate what God puts in your path to take care of your needs. As your focus remains on the job. Also, uh, our protection comes from God. That they had no reason to be afraid. He'd given them authority to to do the work, which is really kind of the key. It wasn't just that he gave them authority to exercise power over demons, but he gave them authority to carry out the mission. Mm-hmm. And in appointing them to the mission, what he's telling them is, look, I, I'm going to protect you. One way or another, you don't have to worry about your safety because I have a purpose for you. And because I have a purpose for you and I've appointed you to this purpose, I will provide for you and I will protect you. Um, and so that authority that he gave to them to, you know, to, he said in verse uh, 18 or uh, in verse 19, I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And obviously we know that most of them eventually end up uh, 
being martyred, uh, Jesus himself goes to the cross. And we all of ourselves also face hardship. Mm-hmm. He's speaking on a much bigger level. Nothing's going to harm you. Nothing can come into your life that I don't allow here, that hasn't been sifted through the will of God. So whatever you're facing will not keep you from doing what I've sent you to yeah, do. Yeah, I think you put it yesterday when you were you were speaking, you know, the snakes will bite you, they'll bite at you, yeah. but they're not going to, you know, destroy you. Right, you're going to be able to, to do what, right. what you were sent for. Right. So that's really, you know, really key stuff. And then uh, even in that same delegation of authority, we see that our power comes from God. The ability that we have to succeed, um, our lack of success, all of these things come from him. So uh, on a, another point that we didn't put into the sermon that kind of flows out of that is our production comes from God. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, whether it's this podcast or our church or our personal day-to-day ministry with other people, our job is to carry out the assignment. The assignment is to go and tell the truth, to to reflect God's love through relationships as we would word it here at Real Life. And as we do that, the results are in God's hands. How people respond is between them and God, that's not my job. I, I can't bring anybody to repentance. I can't bring anybody to salvation. All I can do is show them the way and then model that and pray for them and let, let the Holy Spirit do it. it. It's his harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. I'm a worker sent to do that. And that's true for all of us as Christians, not just for vocational ministers. Uh, and lastly, we see as they're excited about uh, how this is going that uh, he kind of he kind of sets them straight. He realigns their priorities because our priorities come from God. If we're going to be doing his mission, his purpose, uh, then we need to do it his way. We need to be looking at things the way he would look at it. And if not, then we're really not doing things in his name. Mm-hmm. And so they're excited because of their success. They're excited because they're able to go out here and, and wow, check it out, man. The, the demons are fleeing because we're out here representing you. It's like, yes, true, but don't miss the point. The point is our relationship. And that uh, that was really the point in, in chapter 9. We saw the transfiguration. We saw that all of real life consists in knowing and embracing who Christ really is. The same thing is true here. As he appoints us, as he sends us forth, then all of the, um, all the power, all of the safety, all of the, the security, all everything that we need is found in that relationship, knowing that he is who he is. He is the creator of the universe. In him, all things hold together. So there's nothing that we need that we can ever need that he can't provide. There's nothing that could ever harm us that he can't take away that he can't protect us from so we're never safer than when we are completely vulnerable abandoned naked and poor but in his hands so as long as we are uh, relying on that relationship then we're in a really good place and that was the focus that he had all through uh, the old testament with israel yes you're worthless you're wretched you're poor you're naked you're, you're you're blind you have nothing you are small weak pathetic in yourself, mm-hmm. but you're mine. Therefore, you are precious and special. You're the apple of my eye. No harm can come to you unless I allow that harm to come to you. And if I allow that harm to come to you, then it isn't really harm. It's working out my greater purpose. So then you are uh, ultimately experiencing good through this that that draws us together, that teaches you about me, that refines you, that burns away all of the other things that don't matter to get down to the brass tacks of what really does. <clears throat> this is very hard. Well, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Understatement of the century. This is very so, hard. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody's going through something. Absolutely right. Big, small, doesn't matter. 
so when you when you read a statement like the one who appointed us will never abandon us which was the record the core reality for this week it hits you like a ton of bricks because it kind of makes me feel guilty (laughs) um because there have been plenty of times you know even recently in my life where i thought to myself man i am not giving this up the way i'm supposed to and i've asked what do i do what how (laughs) you i know i'm supposed to surrender all but it's one thing to sing it. Yeah, it's another thing it to is. do it. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds so much prettier when we sing it. Right. Um, so, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, because, I mean, what does that mean? You know, right. we can say these words, but then real life happens. Right. So, you know, yes, it's Sunday morning. It sounds good. Our tears are flowing. We're in the midst of prayer. Yes, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, praise you in the and valleys. And it's not that you don't and, want to. It's, right. It's, it's but because then that's... you get slapped in the face right. on Monday. Right. When... Things don't go the way you think. You, you you know that God's watching out for you. But then when it feels like God's not watching out for you, then what? Or, you know, where's the line? And you and I have talked about this, right. you know, in, in situations that, that you've had to deal with. Where is the line between me doing everything that I can do and that I'm supposed to do and me letting God do what what he needs to do and right. relying on him? And that can be a tough balance to find. And especially as a parent, you know, um, if my if my job is protecting my children— then for me to neglect that job is not responsible. That's, right. God's called me to that. But at the same time, ultimately, and this is a reality for every single person in every single situation, doesn't matter if you're in the ghetto, if you're in you know Hollywood, if you're in Three Oaks, and, and, you know, Elvis song. <laughs> whatever, you're, whatever you're doing, whatever your situation, um, we ultimately can't protect our children we not right. n- not on our own <laughs> and no and parent wants to hear that. no that's no, absolutely get, right yeah. and so I, that's one of the reasons i think that god makes sure that at some point usually at many points we run into these things that we just can't fix that we can't control when i put all the pads on my kids elbows and knees when they're riding their bike and i put the helmet on them and they still break their arms you know, or they get hit by a car or, or you know, whatever. All these things. And, I, and you know, I, I sounded glib when I said that. I don't mean that to sound right. glib at all. But reality happens, and we get we get punched in the mouth. You know, Mike Tyson used to say, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And that's the truth in everyday experience. We have a plan. This is our picture of how a life is supposed to look, our expectations. And then what? And then, you know, my son Gabriel last night, you know, was getting ready to head back to, to school, going to Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids. Great school. Highly recommend it. Anyway. Um, not sponsored. <clears throat> not sponsored. But Cornerstone, if you're listening. <laughs> uh, and so he's messing around. It's, you know, we're, we're kind of joking and it's slippery. The snow's coming down. So right. he's kind of sliding in the in the street, bumps into his car, shattered the window oh, in gosh. his car as he's getting ready to go. Well, he's... Trying to, I wondered why I was having like I just saw his car in your driveway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you saw part of his car. I got the other part okay. up against the window, up against the house with plastic. Oh, He's out trying to get a window right now. But the fact of the matter is, you know, as a you know college kid who tries to do everything right, he's frugal. You know, he doesn't spend money. Um, he tries to keep things tight because he wants to get married, so he's saving up his money to be able to do this right. And then that happens. And, you know, I just, you, you can identify having to put new tires on a car. Right. You know, these things will sneak up on you. Right. And the best laid plans of mice and men off go awry. Right. 
<coughs> or ging after glee, but that's you know a different thing. Anyway, as we're going going through all of this stuff in life, Murphy keeps showing up. So where is God in all of this? And he's not saying that these things aren't going to happen. He's saying instead these things are actually tools to take our focus off of everything that we can't do. Because at some point we come to the end of ourselves. We have to. Some of us get there or realize it much quicker. And, you know, we say that with, you know, people in addiction. When, when you finally hit the bottom, and everybody's bottom is different, you finally hit the bottom, then you start to look up. You start to look for something different. But if we never hit the bottom, then we never get to that place where we are totally surrendered, where we totally are saying, Lord, I can't do this. And who knows you're, that better than God? Hope. Absolutely. And, and he knows he does, what it takes to, to break each individual person right. at a different level. Exactly. That's why, you know, you look at in James chapter 1, uh, when he says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds, whatever tribulation, whatever hardship you're going through, all of this adversity, all of this difficulty, consider that pure joy. Really hard in the moment. This takes a bigger picture, a, a longer perspective. So right now, my glass, you know, the glass in my car is shattered. That's not good. I'm not feeling good about that. But God is still doing something. There is something happening here. How can this be a character builder for me? Right. Consider it pure joy because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Without the testing of your faith, you can't develop perseverance. If you don't have adversity, you don't learn to endure adversity. You don't learn to suffer. And we're told repeatedly in the New Testament that it's we're appointed not just to enjoy the glory of Christ. That is a fantastic privilege. But we have that glory because we've also been allowed, granted the privilege of suffering for Christ and also suffering with Christ. In other words, suffering unjustly. Things that we look at and we say, oh, man, why me? When the reality is more like the Chris Christopherson song, why, why are you blessing me, Lord? Why in the world would I not have much worse right. when what I really deserve is death and hell? Right. But your grace has brought this, brought me to this place. Therefore, you can be my hope, my my confidence, my everything that's good, everything that's going to happen. I can place all of that on you, knowing that you brought me to this place. You're not going to leave me now. And if you were willing. As we're told in Romans, as uh, as um, Paul shows over and over in his letters, but but specifically in Romans, if he's willing, twice he brings this up. Chapter five, chapter eight has both of this, these chapters have this concept. If he was willing to sacrifice Jesus for us while we were still sinners, while we were you know just as soon to spit in his eye as accept his grace then why in the world would we think as his children, now that he's chosen us, appointed us, sent us to do a, a job, and every day we have a mission, every day when we get out of bed, our job is to prepare the way, to, to be able to spread the good news. That's our job more than anything else. Not Pastoring isn't the job. Reflecting Christ is the job. Writing isn't the job. Reflecting Christ is the job. Um, being a plumber, being a farmer, you know, being a, the president of the United States. The job for a Christ follower is to be an ambassador. We're going to talk about that next week. That, that's the next episode. But anyway, as we're, as we're looking at all of these things, if he put us in place to do that job, why would he abandon us? That would be totally out of character for everything that we know about God. And counterproductive. <laughs> and counterproductive. So why not just cast us aside in the first place right. and not 
send us out, not choose us for this, but because he did and because he, he paid the ultimate price. He sacrificed himself, put on flesh to live among us, uh, to die in our place as a sacrifice. But now that we're his children, now we're going to doubt him. He did all that and now we're going to doubt him. And Jesus will develop this over the next many chapters in, in uh, Luke to say, look, I'm the good shepherd. I'm here to lay down my life for you, to lay down my life for the sheep. Don't doubt me. This is what I'm here for. He didn't come. He didn't have to come by by any logical standards of justice. He came because of grace and mercy, which by definition means he didn't have to. But that's in keeping with his character. And so in God's sovereignty, he saw this as the best way to do it. Therefore, in his sovereignty, when I face adversity, I got to trust that he knows what he's doing. And that's, like you said, that's hard. It's not supposed to be easy. But it's also not complicated. We make it complicated, and it's not. It's very simple. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to step back. It's just super, super difficult. Really, really hard. (laughs) Another, (laughs) let's talk about hard things today. Uh, Another, you know, when we were just talking about, I don't want to get too much into it if we're going to talk about it next week, but when we realize what our purpose is, because if if you read this passage in Luke, Jesus makes it very clear what the purpose of these disciples actually is. Go do this. Right. I'm sending you out. Go do this. Right. Here's what you take. Here's what you don't take. Here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. Right. And I feel like that's often not as clear for, for I often, what am, how am I supposed to do this? What do I do? How can I reflect God sure. to this person? Yeah. Uh, so when you have a bigger understanding of your actual purpose, like the, under the big umbrella, mm-hmm. I think that kind of makes the rest of it easier. Oh, for sure. I, I would totally agree with that. But it's also very easy to be confused as to what you're supposed to do. <laughs> I think they went through the same things, though. Because you look at the at what, what we're seeing here as specifics, what he's telling them. Right. But that's really not very specific. Well. <laughs> he's, go, do this. Don't take a bag for your journey. Don't, right. take, don't take supplies. Just go. Go to this town. Go to this house. Go find a house. Right. He doesn't say go to 206 well, yeah, North Elm. Yeah. He's saying go. And when you go, I'm telling you in advance, I'm sending you as lambs amongst wolves, so you're going to get wrecked. People, <laughs> so are, people are coming after you. <laughs> right. The devil is coming right. after you hard. And the more you do, the more fired up those who are enemies of God are going to be. Which is exactly what it is today. Exactly. So, how do we do that? He doesn't tell them that. No. At least not that's recorded for us. He doesn't say, okay, so you guys, I want you to go to this area. And, and you're going to find not, not like when he had them go get the colt from to ride into right. Jerusalem. Go here, you're going to find this. Here's what it looks like, and go do it. What he says instead is, you go, figure it out. Mm-hmm. As you go, you're going to, you know, in, in speak out this blessing over them, you know, say peace to this house. And those who promote peace will welcome you, and those who don't, you're going to you're gonna sense that. That peace won't, won't settle, it won't rest. So don't go where you're not welcome. Go where you're welcome. Well, Lord, where are we going to be welcome? Figure it out. <laughs> Go do it. Put one foot in front of the other, and as you do that, soon you'll be walking out the door. I knew, I knew you were thinking I that. So a- as you go and do this, then every step that you take, I'll illuminate, which is exactly in, in Psalm 119. We see that thy word is a, a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That concept is not that it's illuminating the whole path like street lights and three outs, right. which are kind of like runway lights. It's so bright in there. Um, instead, it's just enough light for the next step. 
I'm going to show you as you go. But if you don't go, you're never going to see farther than that because you, you need to get to the edge of where that light is. And what happens is I keep moving the light forward. So I'm going to keep on providing. I'm going to keep on protecting. I'm going to keep on showing you. But only as you go, only as you actually are participating in this. And it's everything that we have from him is on a need-to-know basis. So these guys basically know very little. You know, we, we hear them saying specific things, you know, or it seems like it. But really... We know way more than they do because we like, already yeah. have it all written down. Well, that's what I'm saying. It seems, like, it seems like a blueprint for them, but I guess it's really more of a blueprint for us. For sure. And so we get to see all of it collected. They're getting bits and pieces as yeah. they go. And and the whole focus Sorry, of guys. all of it is 100%. 100% trust me. Right. Walk by faith, not by sight. You're not going to know. You're not going to see. You just keep going, stay faithful to what you do know, and then I'll show you the rest as we go. Especially for me, the the strongest point here was the preparation one. Yeah. That, you know, don't don't make <clears throat> plans, don't prepare for anything, leave, don't bring a bag, don't do this. Yeah, know. and I'll try next week if, I, if we have enough space for it. I'm going to try to develop a little bit the idea that um, this specific instruction for them at this time uh, was to illustrate the specific point of trusting him. That does not mean that we just do everything willy-nilly. That's you what know, I was going to ask. Pastors are not to show up and just preach whatever Because there are other times where, you know, prepare ye for this. Right. You know? and yeah, so, and so if, if God didn't want us to, to prepare, he'd right. never give us prophecy. Right. He wouldn't, you know, put us in positions and, and uh, give us a brain to plan. He did these things on purpose. And throughout the Old Testament, he's saying, here's what's coming, get right. ready. Right. Here's what's coming, get ready. You know, the wisdom literature is all telling us that same thing. Get ready. Prepare yourself. Because here I come. That's right. But we can't use this as a one-off. Like this this particular situation, if we're, gonna, if we're going to say, <clears throat> if we're going to say that Jesus is, is this, this is just as relevant today as it was to the disciples. 100%. Then we can't just say this particular point was just meant for these 12 men. It's meant for us as well in this circumstance. Correct? Yes, but we need to read it within the context of what's going on. So as he's doing this, the principles that he is illustrating through the specific command to them, mm-hmm. and and again, this this is specific to them in that he's choosing 72. He doesn't send all of them yet. Oh, yeah, 72. Sorry, so he, Or 70. Right. You know, but he sent 12 in the right, last right, chapter. Right. So he's got his apostles, and they have a specific assignment. Right. Now he expands the group, and he sends these 70 or 72, depending on the, the manuscript, doesn't really change a whole lot about about the point. Um, as he sends them out, there are many more that he's not sending out right. yet. Then in Acts 2, we all receive the Holy Spirit. And in Matthew 28, he's telling all of us, look, I, I have all authority. It's been given to me. I'm sending you out now. You go make disciples of all the world. Mm-hmm. And so it absolutely applies to us in principle. That does not mean that he's given each of us that specifically the promise that you know you can handle poisonous right. snakes and, right. and people do that have been doing that for centuries you know this is how you have a big revival meeting we're gonna have poisonous snakes and, and show you that the power of god hard is pass with us. yeah that's not going to happen at real life um because it's not supposed to that's not right. the point when god has an assignment for you he'll protect you in that assignment and if god is sending you into a situation where he wants you to be exposed to poisonous snakes and not be harmed, then you can guarantee that that snake will not be able to harm you, no matter what. But that doesn't mean that that specific thing is going to happen to everybody. 
we have the stories of the Old Testament that are very specific to individuals and very specific to Israel. And as they are, um, as they're happening, we learn from them. But that doesn't mean that I am David or I am Daniel right. or I am Israel. So the things that he's saying specifically to them apply in principle, not specifically. As he's saying to, to these guys in Luke 10, um, he's giving them a specific mission. He's not saying, okay, you guys go two by two to every house right. you know, in Judea, because we don't live in Judea. He's not saying that. So we can extrapolate principles from it. That truth, that greater truth that it's all throughout God's word is useful for us and instructive for us today. But we have to look at the the context, the genre, the what the author's intent was, what the purpose is. How does this fit into the greater narrative of Luke? How does it fit into the greater narrative of the New Testament? How does it fit into the greater narrative of all of Scripture and all of life? And when we do that, then we find, oh, wait, that really makes sense. We can see here's what God is saying to us. And clearly he's not saying, you know, walk around in sandals because we are in Michigan and it's snowy. Sandals are inappropriate. People would not take your gospel seriously if you're dumb, if you're walking around in sandals. <laughs> your feet are black from frostbite. Right. So anyway, that, you know, I think you got a really good point. It, we can't separate it. We can't just say, you know, that, that applies to them. It doesn't apply to us. And we and can't we, pick we, and choose. Absolutely. And we have a real temptation toward that today. Right. So I think that's really very important. And so while... Um, you know, we are providing this material through this podcast. Uh, I really want to take this this last couple of seconds here to, to promote to everybody, get into a local Bible teaching church with a high view of Scripture that um, that is relational, where you can connect with other people that will hold you accountable and, and encourage you and build you up honestly with a vulnerability, not because they're better than you, uh, or think they have a, a some kind of a authority, but because of love that's going to, to speak truth according to the Scripture in love. And when we do that and we see that, then we'll, we will see our lives and the world around us transformed. And we're going to get more into this same idea and talk more about our the purpose and our purpose in life through the next episode. We're going to give you a little teaser on... Uh, Later this week. I, we haven't decided a day yet. <laughs> We're still working out the kinks here. But, it'll uh, be a day, though. It'll be a day. It will be a day. That, a ends in, that ends in Y. Uh, so look forward to that. And I think that's where we're going to wrap it up today. So thanks, Rich. Thank you. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed today's episode. I just wanted to pop on real quick and let you know about something exciting that we're planning on doing moving forward. We are actually going to start live streaming uh, as we record the podcasts. So that's going to start with next week's episode. So you can actually watch us while we're recording, which means you'll essentially get the episode before it comes out and is published on iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. So I'll have more information on that uh, on the Real Life Facebook page. The link for that is in the description of the podcast, and or you can just search Real Life Community Church on Facebook. Uh, but we're going to be live streaming via Facebook. Um, we might do YouTube as well. We're still discussing that, but at least our Facebook page. So like I said, I'll have more information throughout the week for you, but be sure to check that out next week. And you'll get a little uh, preview of the podcast before anyone else does.